Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back, Houston Nation. This week, we're going to talk about Syracuse football and the implosions that incurred in the past two games. Syracuse basketball starts 4-0. We'll tell you what we think about that. And we'll go over last night's game against Oakland and look ahead to Toledo. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation podcast. All right. What's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to episode 39 of the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Once again, I'm Sean alongside my good buddy Joe. Joe, how you doing today? What's going on, bud? How you doing? Uh, not a whole lot. So we got quite a bit to talk about, but I don't think, um, you know, I think we'll get through it. We'll try not to drag it out. Um, first, so we are back. And we were gone for a little bit because Joe and I actually headed back to Syracuse for a couple days to say goodbye to a member of the Cuse Nation family. Literally, uh, the, the man that I called dad, he lost his life. Technically, he's my stepdad, but he, he passed away this past week. And I wouldn't even mention it, but he was a huge Syracuse sports fan. And he was also a listener of the podcast. And he was one of those fans who always was... On top of the basketball and football programs, you know, especially during the off season, he always did his research on new recruits, and he'd always let me know what he thought, even though you know I would either agree or disagree. He was always optimistic about the upcoming season, and if uh, if you weren't after talking to him, you would be. And he was just one of those types of guys. I mean, he was a really great guy. He opened up my eyes to some of this absurd. Um, the way these athletes are restricted by the NCAA. That's where I get a lot of my thoughts on that. We've, I've had long discussions with him about that. Um, as far as marketing themselves, we've talked about it on the program before. We'll probably talk about it again. Um, so, you know, just an all-around great guy. His nickname was Turbo uh, because he helped out a, a buddy who owns a, a local bar in, in, uh, in the village of East Syracuse, and he helped him out bartending for a short period of time <laughs> and the reason the reason it was a short period of time is because he got the nickname turbo because uh he was a little slow he was a little slow on uh on the on the drink mixing and uh, <laughs> and so he got the nickname turbo and if you're from syracuse i mean i'm sure this is like this everywhere but i grew up you if your friends if your friends don't love you they don't make fun of you you know what i mean you know your friends love you when they when they bust your chops constantly so um Ain't that right, you moron? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my stepdad, uh, just a great dude, and um, I felt like I needed to mention that. We've been gone for quite a while. So, um, all right, well, 
the first thing I want to go over, I think, is the we we pretty much left off at the Wake Forest game, and we're gonna do we're gonna do the football and stuff first. But I want to mention this real quick because I saw this on um, I can't remember where it was Syracuse.com. You can get you can purchase men's basketball season tickets for a hundred bucks. Did you see this, Joe? Yeah. Uh, for a hundred bucks. Uh, 25 for women's season tickets and $5 tickets to Saturday's game against Boston College, which is you know our last home, last game of the season, senior day and all that. I think it's band day too, they call it. Um, but there's a catch, and it's only for a short period of time, and it's on Thanksgiving, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. So you can go, I think you can go to... Uh, after that, the prices go up too, obviously, but they're still yeah. a decent deal. But I think you can go to uh, the first level of the um, s- center atrium in between the de- uh, the Disney Store and New York and Company in the um, in Destiny, I guess. So there you go. If you want some cheap basketball, it's a hundred bucks for some for some season basketball tickets. I mean, they paid for themselves in like two games. Yeah, I mean it's probably three hundred level nosebleed yeah. section level, but still hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred bucks and five dollar tickets to the football game. That's pretty awesome. So yeah. Anyway, all right. Wake Forest. I'm going to give you my quick take, Joe, and then I'll let you take over. So mm-hmm. they, you know, Mahoney's in. Eric Dungy's out, and um, they started off. The offense started off strong. I feel like the offense was was pretty decent for the whole first half i mean mahoney was making moves he was spinning out of tackles uh he was making throws they were catching the ball and and the defense didn't show up in the first quarter but then the defense showed up in the second quarter we got a huge lead and then we wouldn't score uh after the half we'd score five more points and we'd end up getting blown out after a three-point lead at halftime 64 to 43 and it was just like it was a complete implosion it was it was terrible so uh, I mean, that's what I saw. Uh, granted, I was watching on the ESPN app because I wasn't home yeah. and it was skipping a little bit. But uh, Joe, what'd you think, man? Wake Forest. Well, well it was. Uh, I think it was more than three at halftime. Um, was it? Oh, you're right. No, it was. You're right. It was three after uh, third quarter. After the third you're quarter, right. it was still. It was forty-three to forty. We were still up. That's um, right. That game for me, honestly, it was just a lot of like highs and lows. You know, I think that we should have pulled off the Florida State game. And when we didn't do that, now, you know, a little bit more pressure's on three more games. You got to get two more wins to get a bowl. And it was just, you know, I was I was ready for it. And then Dungy's they said it was game time decision. And then they said he wasn't going to play. And then I was like, oh, and I was almost like, you know, is this going to be even be watchable? Is, you know, it was just it was kind of just a low. And then, like you said, Mahoney came out and surprised the hell out of me. And uh then it was like, okay, maybe we can win this game. You know what I mean? Like our defense kind of started off bad in the beginning. Wake Forest moved the ball a little bit, but um, to me, it just seemed like halftime adjustments. They figured out how to stop Mahoney, um, and they turned him into a pocket passer. And he's not too accurate down, like as far as deep balls and stuff. So, um, and I think he's used to just kind of being on the run. Uh, he wasn't getting the ball out as much. They're taking away the short passes, and um, then our defense basically imploded. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I saw it. Um, their offense, you know, was fast tempoed, fast paced, just like ours. I think our defense was getting a little tired, but at the end of the day, uh, their run pass option plays with Walford and, and their running back and uh, their their tight end. I think had three touchdowns. So it was almost um, almost 800 yards of total offense. 
Yeah, and I mean they they ran that kind of offense, and then you see that, and and then you know we lose that game. Um, and I don't want to blame it necessarily on Dungy, but I think that he's a huge, huge factor. Uh, again, like I said, I think that this Mahoney, he's good at some things, but he's not really good at everything or well-versed or can get away with certain things. So um, that just – the second half adjustments that Wake Forest made was ridiculous. We only scored five points in the second half, and two of them was off of a returned blocked uh, PAT. So it was only three points of offense that we got. And, um, yeah. Yeah, after seeing that and then knowing that we needed to win the last two games to get in the bowl and seeing what Walford did, um, I was just nothing but nervous about the next week, you know, knowing that we were going to Louisville for Lamar Jackson. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We held in there for a little bit, and we're still leading into the fourth quarter. But we just, it's some was some was some sums up, and and we just weren't there. Our defense hasn't played like that all year well, for that long in a game. So Babers was asked a question that I've talked to you about, and that was, does the de- does the defensive play in the past two games have anything to do with maybe a little bit of a morale issue because Eric Dungy isn't there? And he he said no because Eric Dungy. You know he's not on defense; he's on offense. Now, I re- I respect his answer, and what else are you going to say? But and maybe that's no, what, that, maybe that's up what for he, his defense. Yeah, obviously, and that's maybe what he feels. But I'm telling you, when the leader of the team isn't there, and you know, it's just it doesn't matter what side of the ball he's on. You know, if he's not out on the field making plays and, and hyping up hyping everybody up, I I, I feel like there's a, that can make a difference. Does, did it? I don't know, but it's, it sure felt that way. And obviously I wasn't the only one thinking it, you know, especially, especially going into Louisville. I mean, the weather was awful. It was, it was, um, you know, rainy and windy, rainy and windy. They actually had to stop play for 45 minutes because of lightning in the area. Um, and just more the same, you know, and it was like with Wolford, you wondered, I mean, Joe, you know how to read defenses better than I do, but was there a spy on this guy? Was there a spy on um, in Louisville against Jackson? I mean, you know, yeah. it just didn't I seem mean, that way. It just didn't seem that way. Well, I mean, in every situation, especially when you know that you're going against an option team, um, everyone has, you know, depending on the play, depends on, you know, whose job is what, you know. And, uh, I mean, every every time that you – scheme for an option, you know, there's always, no matter what the play is, if it's an option, 
someone's got the quarterback, someone's supposed to have the running back. And, you know, obviously there's still supposed to be defenders that are supposed to look out for the um, receivers or any type of receiver leaking out of the backfield, you know, and um, that's really what it comes down to. To me, it looked a lot like people just weren't playing. Like a lot of times you have to do your job so that the, so that the play works so someone else can make a play, you know, and I, it looked to me like, a lot of people were putting themselves out of position to try to make the play instead of doing their job on that specific play. And that hung other other people out to dry. And then when they didn't make the play, it turned into a big play for the other team. Yeah, a lot so, of big plays. A lot of big plays. Both yeah, so a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it is something. I mean, when it came to Lamar Jackson, a lot of it was athleticism. You let him get into open spaces. We don't have the athletes. I mean, shit. he won the Heisman last year, and he's putting up the same type of numbers. So, I mean, he's an uber athlete, and we don't have anybody that can stop him in the open field like that. So, um, you got to be able to stay, stay, and basically do your job. You know, if it's your job to take care of the quarterback, you go and you take the quarterback and you make him pitch it. You know, and if it's your job to take the running back, you try to make the tackle, try to turn it back in, don't let him get outside of you. You know, and if you're a safety, you make sure that no one's leaking out. You know, and it's just basically people playing a little bit selfishly and wanting to make the play and getting caught up in and in, in being out of position. And we we paid for it big time. So yeah, I, and we don't and we don't have the athletes to make up for that. So no, we have to right. we have to play yeah. we have to play unselfish. Um, in in the tackling yeah. was just just the tackling wasn't there. They're, they're oh, tackling, that too. They're tackling, tackling tackling high, you know. I mean, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of basics a lot of that stuff. But and I understand it. The weather was bad. You're slipping on the field. This and that. I mean, you can have a hundred excuses. I guess 120 points of total offense scored on this defense the past two games, and we go in against Boston College as of today. I think it was a three and a half point underdog. So something like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, at the dome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and, and, and it doesn't look like Dungy's going to play. So, we're, we're out of a bowl game. We're not going to get a bowl game. You know, Babers, as he does, as he's very good at doing, staying optimistic and, and kind of making you, you feel a little better. Being at senior day, he wants to focus on, you know, Irv and, and, and um, all, all the other seniors. So, you know, hopefully we just go, they can go out there and have a good, good game for them and that's just kind of where we're at get your five dollar tickets i guess in and fill up the dome it'd be awesome yeah. it'd be awesome if they could get a crowd there i'm a little worried about it though especially with you know baber's comments i think that people rightly or wrongly i guess um maybe have taken taken the wrong way i think maybe a little bit yeah no some people just take things a little too literally yeah. a little too personally so, and uh you know, and you know. I, I I had read it. I mean, you and I talked earlier, and I had read it, and I was like, "Wow, it kind of sounds like, you know, it doesn't sound real good." You know, I and and I was kind of I was kind of I wasn't upset about it, but I was playing devil's advocate with Joe, and Joe was like, "You know, well, he was he explained it how you know the the expectations were set a little high after Clemson, and that you know they the, the team's just trying to take it one game at a time. And granted, they're athletes, but they're young athletes, so it was a lot of pressure." And that's pretty much all he was saying. He maybe used poor choice of words, calling, you know, the fans uh, they need to handle wins more maturely or whatever he yeah. said, something along those lines. But I think it was taken way out of context by some writers at Syracuse.com, especially because that's where I read it. So yeah, um, just to just to give you my thoughts on that, I, I I would I would I would say taken out of context a little bit. I don't think it was meant in any kind of divisive way at all. So yeah. just to clear that up, and for me, in my opinion, yeah. So, 
Um, well, I mean, those those the writers a lot of times they I mean, with Bayheim and you notice it with Babers too, kind of no nonsense stuff. But like Syracuse.com writers, they tend to I'm not going to say write smear pieces, but I mean, they stir the pot. You know, they do I, stir I mean, the pot, and, and you see it when you when Jim Bayheim, you know, he's he's been there, you know, forty something years. He knows yeah. how to handle those guys. He doesn't. Give, exactly. He doesn't give them the time of day. Babers is a little bit more nice about it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, if you watch Jim Beheim's uh, press pressers, like post game and, and and pregame, it's almost like he he knows what type, who what reporter is going to ask what question, and he cuts him off and starts answering the question before they finish talking. So. Oh, I love um, Jim Beheim's press conferences. I mean, yeah, I like Babers too, but it was poor, poor choice of words as far as talking about maturity words. of the community. And yeah. yeah, you just, that's really, and he, and he, he issued a, an apology, um, and kind of reiterated and kind of explained to, you know, some the fans like me or you understood what he was saying, but obviously, you know, when you're in the media, you take everything. We, we so can, we consume literal. a lot of news. You and I consume a lot of the Syracuse sports news from multiple websites. We watch the post games, the pre games, press conferences, you know, so we kind of know where their heads are, have been at all year. And, yeah, but it, it goes for any media outlet. I mean, it's a trend with every media outlet about anything, so. Yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> hashtag fake news. <laughs> fake news. Um, so, all right, looking ahead to Boston College, Joe, what what do we what do we got coming into the Dome? Uh, the game, obviously, Saturday, early game, 1220. Um, we have a team that uh, – made uh, leaps and bounds especially on the offensive end they've always been pretty good um pretty good defensively i don't think that usually where they are defensively the past couple years they're there but they're still right i mean they're still up there you know they've still got a pretty good defense um and their offense just came on especially when uh, anthony brown their quarterback that actually chose boston college over syracuse uh he came in and and he kind of um him and a a freshman aj Dillon uh running back He's like six one, like two hundred forty pounds. They he's a load, and they kind of had the offense rolling. Um, but uh, Anthony Brown, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, he ended up actually getting injured, and he's out for the season. So they're going to be without their starter too. Um, and they have a backup, uh, Wade. He's he's played before, but um, it's going to be more. I mean, it's going to be difficult. They they have a good defense. Um, they have a really good run game. Uh, but it's it's definitely a winnable game, and like you said before, obviously we can't get to a bowl game, but we have um, record-breaking seniors uh, with our linebackers, Paris Bennett and um, Zaire Franklin, and, and obviously I don't want to leave out Jonathan Thomas because he's a senior as well, and he's definitely contributed. But um, him and uh, Irv Phillips, Steve Ishmael, they've, they've set records as far as receiving goes, and um, Jamar McGloster is another senior, the right tackle. So um, there's not too many of them. But uh, they um, they 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 contributed for the last three or four years, all of them as as freshmen, and uh, they came in together as true freshmen, and um, except for Jamar McGlaster. But they're they got to win, they got to win for them, and hopefully they can come in and we can beat them. They're already bowl eligible anyway, and uh, it would just be nice to get five wins, be one win better than last year, especially with the schedule, and uh, go out with a win with the with, for the players, you know. Yeah, like like Coach Babers was saying, a lot of these guys are suiting up for the last time, so, right? You know, they're not going to go into the NFL, so um, <clears throat> it's a big game, means a lot to to these kids, and um, hopefully they can. Hopefully they can play. Hopefully they can win. So without Dungy, because I doubt he's going to be there. 
Yeah, I wouldn't count on it. It'd probably right. give, like I was telling you earlier on the phone, I think uh, Mahoney, with everything he's done, as much as he's sometimes tough to watch, he's actually performed pretty good considering where he's I came mean, from. He's not awful, but that that one that one throw against Louisville, where he just was like hucked it up while he was like turning around, he just hucked it up there, man. Like it was the last second before the half or something. Yeah, I know. Awful, I mean, he's dude. made. I mean, that's. I mean, he's made some bad decisions and and. I mean, like I said, I, I got to give him credit where he's came from because he, when he came to Syracuse, he transferred from a, a junior college as, um, as like a specialty walk-on. You know what I mean? Like they basically, like a preferred walk-on. Like he didn't even come to Syracuse with a with a scholarship, and he actually started a game. I think his this, this Dungey's freshman year, he started a game, and he wasn't even a scholarship player. So to to go where he's came from to actually. You know, being a scholarship player the last, I think, two years, two and a half years, something like that, and actually starting against some of the better teams. He started against Clemson, against LSU, um, started against Louisville last week. I mean, and some of the stuff that he has done, uh, it's it's admirable. And at, th- at this point in the season, we're not going to be bowl eligible. So, and why why risk further injury to Dungy? Just let him go in there and and have his final day. You know? Yeah, so. exactly. All right. Looking ahead, our switching subjects completely, I guess. Let's let's take a look at basketball on a, you know, good note. On a good note, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's really hard to tell. You get these wonk teams, these mid majors, and they come in, and you don't really know what to expect. You don't know if you're getting to see, you know, legit play that 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 we're gonna see all season. But it's definitely you 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 get the feel that the defense this year by far better than last year. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. The 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 finishing around the rim is kind of a problem in my opinion yeah. a little bit. But the defense has stepped up. The you've got you've got um the offense is is a little better and especially our boy uh Frank Howard is is playing decent offense. I mean, he had a season or a career high, what was it against uh Texas Southern or was it Oakland? Might have been Oakland. No, I think it was Texas Southern. 18 points or something like that. So, um, you know, you've got battle had, had career highs. Um, you know, there was another one too, that had career high. So I think Chukwa last game, Chukwa last game and in Chukwa last game, just, just, uh, as a, as kind of a side note, um, he had, what was it? 12 points, 11 rebounds and eight blocks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, against Oakland. That's awesome. I mean, that kind of, that kind of play is you know that's gonna get that'll get things done and we we missed that last year really to be quite honest with you we, oh yeah we, yeah i mean we had Leiden in the middle of thompson i mean yeah. thompson was 610 but he was it was well documented from jim Beheim that he wasn't that great in the middle of the zone and um there's so many times where you watched it and you're like dude you're in the middle of the zone you got to put your hands up put your hands up put your hands <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah but yeah. i mean it's, it was people it's to nice. watch it, and i'm sorry to cut you off the but yeah. but what you're saying like you know the 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 defense is longer. This is the biggest team, we, longest team we've had in ten years, and they're able to stop that that perimeter shooting a little bit. Coach Behind mentioned it, and we were terrible last year with that. But they're able to get out there quicker. Their hands, you know, they're getting out there better. The rotations look good, and yep. it's a better team. I mean, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, um, well, so. I mean, as far as defense wise goes, when you don't have those rim protect protectors. And I mean, we gave up, I mean, I felt like it was historical offensive rebounds as far as we were concerned last year. Um, 
So when you have that kind of like, you know, um, you know, back line in your two, three zone, then you're going to tend to, you know, kind of push those guards back a little bit. And, and the perimeter is going to be a little bit more open because now you're asking for the guards to actually like try to press back down and help the centers in the forward or the center in the forwards and, and try to help rebound, you know, so you can't really push it out. Like I was, like I said, last podcast against Cornell, it was pretty obvious. Like the guards are pushing it out to take away the, t- the three point shot and they're forcing guys to, you know, drive into our six, 10, six, 11, seven foot two and Chukwu's, you know, um, situation. Yeah. So they're just forcing them to, they're daring them to drive and say, go make a tough shot over a big guy. Yeah. And, and then do you, do you so, feel like the refs have been letting them play a little bit too? I mean, kind of, uh, it, it, it's really hard to tell yeah. um, on the app. I mean, it really is. Cause I don't have, I mean, the ESPN app is like the worst streaming system in on the face of the yeah. planet right now. Um, yeah. But it seemed it's the past couple of games have seemed really physical, but 48 rebounds uh, total the last game, which is, you know, we weren't doing that last year either. The rebounding was awful last year, especially yeah. offensively. It's terrible. No, obviously and defensively. I mean, we allowed so many second chance points and, and we couldn't we'd go down and shoot one shot and then it'd be back down on defense. So, yeah, you know. And we were, really weren't that great at fast fast break um, open court um, plays either. Which we've, we up, we've definitely fixed some of that too. Oh, yeah. As soon as they're getting rebounds, they're looking to go. Um, I like the fact that, that Merrick can can dribble it up. Um, Brissett can dribble it up if he needs to, you know, and then Battle and, and Thorpe and Howard. Those are pressing kind of guys where they're going to, you know, they see a rebound and they're, they're shooting up the court to try to get an easy bucket or a transition bucket. So it's um, – it's definitely a 180 as far as I mean. Last year, it was like they were still learning on the fly, and it almost looked like they were trying too hard. You know, this year they're um, starting slow sometimes in offense in the first half, but once they get going and uh, clamp down that D and start getting transition buckets, then it's it's pretty fun to watch. Looks like uh, you know, in a couple years ago, actual uh, Jim Beheim Syracuse team, you know. Yeah, so, and um, like you mentioned with the with the fast breaks, the tempo is much better this year. It's much more like a, a Syracuse basketball tempo. Last year was lethargic and lazy. Yep. And especially in the first half, you remember that? You remember how bad that was? Oh yeah. How lazy it yeah. was. And I mean, you're talking too handsy on defense. Nineteen turnovers. Um, yep. Fifteen block shots as a team. And um, you know, like I said, pushing them out and making them shoot longer threes instead of letting them shoot right at the line. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to heap praise to be some sort of homer and in, in expectations high while we were talking about expectations, but it's a better team. But it, as yeah. far as I can see right now, it's a better team. And they, well, as far, as far as the way he wants to play, I mean, there's certain nuances in a game that, that create your type of style to like last year. We didn't, we didn't fast break a lot. We didn't get a lot of transition layups. We gave up a, boatload of offensive rebounds so when you do that kind of stuff Beheim isn't going to want to run up the court and, and take a bad shot you know he's not going to he's going to want to try to take away as many possessions as possible from the other team because he knows as many possessions as he gives there's a good chance that they're going to get a shot and probably a second chance you know what I mean yeah so in this situation this year 
he's saying go 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 we got to and, and and we weren't that deep that last year as far as people he trusted this year i don't know if he's going to redshirt anybody and every time you see him they get the rebound and it's like go 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 why because he knows that if he can make it fast and make it ugly and get guys on the other team start coming down taking bad shots we're that kind of team where it can force it to make we can get easy buckets off transition so if we speed up the game we got the depth to do it and that's the kind of game that we have and then you start getting them take bad threes or try to drive the lane on our big guys. So it creates a whole different, whole different type of game. And he couldn't do that last year. No, you're so, right. Um, who, are you, who are you most impressed with this early right now? Who, stand, uh, who's, who kind of stands out to you where you think, you know, maybe you're, maybe you, you were, maybe it's someone that returned or someone that came in that you really weren't sure about? Well, obviously you saw the last couple of years, you see little streaks of, of what Frank Howard can do. And then you can see him. I, I always thought last year and I said it, that I always thought that he was nervous that if he made a bad play, he was yes. getting pulled in for Gillen. So yes. he was playing tight this year. He yeah. doesn't, he, he doesn't have that. I mean, he played the whole game the other day. Confidence. He lacks it's confidence. confidence. It's, well, it's confidence. And it's the fact that he knows that he's got the freedom to make some mistakes because he's relied on a lot more. They need his scoring. They need his height up yeah. in the two, three zone. And honestly, they don't have someone behind them every single time that they're going to turn around and that that's what that's that much better than him. And they're going to turn around and pull him. So I think battle in Howard up front, at the top of that two, three zone is, is perfect, honestly. Um, and, uh, I don't think Thorpe's played enough, but Howard's definitely impressed me. Uh, new battle was going to be good. And as far as freshman goes, I think Brissett's good, but I mean, I think he had higher expectations, but if you want to talk about the expectations yeah. coming in, I mean, even Sadibi, even Chuku. I mean, you saw last night that he finally realized he was seven two and had long arms, and he all he had to do was yeah. jump a little bit to dunk. So he finally realized that. So. Yeah, and, and like I was telling you earlier, like I'm missing all these shots at the rims. Watch Chuku. I mean, just slam it in there, boy. He was nailing it, man. It was awesome. No, a couple of days, a couple of games ago, he wasn't doing that. He was trying to lay it up and stuff. No, no and I like, know, dude. There was so there was a fast get, break we missed a layup on. Yeah, I mean, you know? with him, with him and his height and his and his arms, like just he's he, have, he don't got to jump but a foot and a half to dunk. If so that, I don't know yeah. what. <laughs> so seven I mean, two he, with the arms. I mean, yeah. And he finally realized it. I, obviously, we playing against these kind of teams, these sort of teams. They're a little bit shorter than you know what we're going to see in the ACC and if we make a postseason tournament. But again, that's the type of stuff you want. Your defense has got to ride the wave and beat these kind of teams. Yeah. And when you don't have this kind of defense like last year, then you get upset by teams that shouldn't beat you. Right. I mean, so. I I think I think Thorpe's going to come into his own. Yep. You know, it's kind of the grad transfer curse a little bit. You know, it just takes a minute. They're they're they've already been they they have bad habits that that they need to work out the kinks on. I think that's part of a little bit of it. He's new to the team and everything, but who impressed me, who I, who I love to watch is Dolezal. Dolezal, whatever the hell his name is. It doesn't matter. Hey man, I don't know how to say the last <laughs> one. That's why I call him Mark. Yeah. So, so. Um, uh, but he is all over. He is all over the place. That guy, he's yeah. everywhere. And you know, he's, um, he just creates disruption. He only had 25 minutes. He didn't have he didn't have any points, but you know he pulled in eight rebounds. He had a couple of blocks. How many blocks did he have? He had three blocks. A couple steals. A couple steals. He's disruptive though. 
Yeah, he's very disruptive. In yeah. the game um, before last night well, against Texas Southern, he was close to a triple-double. So Yeah, well, um, he only played 25 minutes this time, too. So Yeah, I mean, that's... That's going to happen from from you know night to night, but uh, he's definitely been impressive. If you talk about um, the f- incoming uh, players that haven't played and their expectations, yeah. I would say that he probably exceeds or it grades out the highest as far as expectations go. I'm and not going to go nice as far as saying, too. Yeah, I don't think he's better than Brissett, but comparing them to the expectations he's definitely over exceeded them so again i said before i thought he was going to come in and possibly redshirt and um there's no way that's happening like i said i don't know if anyone it is if anyone is going to be howard washington but um there might not even be one so yeah so i mean i'm impressed i like it i think thorpe like i said is the one that kind of needs to work on um just getting in the groove and you know 13 minutes four points um yeah he had a dunk too he had a fast break dunk um real quick let's talk about uh there was a couple of people at um the game the other night um let's see isaiah stewart six foot seven forward from rochester and i'm gonna hack this guy's name john bolajack six foot ten center from exton pennsylvania they were on unofficial visits during this, their school's Thanksgiving break. Stewart, um, they attended the game last night, I believe. Um, one of these guys, Stewart, Isaiah Stewart, is he's ranked 26th by ESPN, class of 2019. Nice. So making unofficial visits. Um, you know, got Buddy Beheim coming in next year. He was also at the game. Um, maybe he was hosting those guys. Who knows? But I just I just happened to come across that. So you know, a, a tw- you know, <laughs> I'll just put it to you like this. I'll just put it to you like this. There's other schools that are giving him offers besides Syracuse, uh, Duke, <laughs> Duke, Georgetown, Notre Dame, Indiana, and Maryland. So um, I think we could be and make the top three on that list. I believe. But, but um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. So unofficial visits there. All right. So looking ahead, Toledo, we, we gave a little brief on the team. Looking ahead to Toledo. Toledo ranked, I believe, 24th as far as the, in, in the latest College Insider mid-major poll. They're undefeated, going to be coming in, and they're going to try to knock us off. So... Um, these are the games that re- the, this type of game right here, or are these Wait, are the ones that, that bother me. Time out. Say that again. Say what again? You said we're Toledo. Yeah. Did you said they're ranked? No, no, no. The College Insider mid-major poll. Uh, they're ranked twenty-fourth. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. I was gonna say I looked at the top twenty-five and he wasn't on there. So when I heard you say that, I kind of just had to, I no. It's a mid-major. I did a double ball. take. So yeah, college insider mid-major poll. No, so the top twenty-five, the mid. Okay, I got you. They're they're ranked twenty-fourth. So, well, but I mean, would you agree though that these are the kind of games that the, the, the these are the ones that make me nervous? I mean, because you're not really sure what to expect. These guys got really something to play for. They're gonna be playing on a huge platform, and still, still. We cannot get a game on regular TV, by the way. Well, 
I mean, I can't. I don't know if it's going to be in regular. It's probably not. In, is it, it's not a regular TV in Syracuse, is it? No, it's not because no, they it, want people to go to the games, and the students aren't in town. So it's, yeah. Well, from what I read, it was ESPN not reselling the games out to local to local stations because mm. they because they have the monopoly basically on uh, ACC ACC especially. So they want you to watch it. On so they want you to watch app. it on their app that they will not freaking fix because yeah, that's pretty bad. It's terrible. Um, so you know they won't they won't resell these games out to the to the smaller markets where these teams either play or are from, and you know they force you to watch the app. It's in a, and you think about it. Um, think about you know someone like you know uh, my stepfather just passed away. He. He doesn't know how to work the ESPN app. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So he's just reading about it in the paper the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So either that or you got to go to the damn game. So it's got to be frustrating for, for some people. Me, it's not. It's only frustrating because it's glitchy. So I really right. can't complain. But uh, back to what I was saying. This type of team, Joe, I mean, what, what do we know about this team? What do you know? That's why you're here. Tell me what you know about Toledo. Well, I know pretty much exactly what you said that they're a, they're a dangerous team. Uh, last year, the last couple of years, they've had a lot of turnaround with transfers and stuff like that. But last year, they went seventeen and seventeen, um, and uh, it wasn't a bad year, nine and nine in the MAC. But um, I think the expectations, even though they're young, the expectations actually in Toledo and as far as their team goes. I mean, you could say it probably about every team, but it's, it's a little bit higher than what it was last year. Um, They've already beaten um, St. Joseph's out of the Atlantic 10, um, and they beat Oakland, the same team that we beat, because, um, yeah. you know, it's the Hoop Hall Miami Invitational, so we're all kind of round-robin playing each other. Right. Uh, but they beat they beat Oakland uh, the other day, 87-74. to 74. Um, So, and yeah, they had another game, I think, Ohio Northern. They're 3-0. and um, But uh, they seem confident. Um, I read a... I read a an article out of Toledo uh, blaze that um, talked about um, them being very confident and the coach being confident. And um, he made it ridiculous because they play in the Mac. So they talked about the two, three zone and so forth. And um, the old assistant head coach from Syracuse. Um, I can't Rob. Oh, he made the rap. The, the, yeah. 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 Yep. I know who you're talking about the QC yeah. in the house rap. Mm-hmm. He right. was the coach. He's the head coach now of Eastern Michigan. At least he was up until last year. And uh, they played a two-three exclusively there. And Toledo plays them at least I think two times a year. So he said that their their players know how to play against two-three zone. And he said that they're that they. He said he thinks that Eastern Michigan Jones Eastern Michigan's two-three zone is just as good as Syracuse's. Yeah, I don't know about which, that. Maybe last but, year's. But but then he backtracked and said minus the length. So I don't really know how you can say that it's just as good, but they're just not as lengthy, so they're not as good. Um, so he's kind of just talked himself into a corner as far as that goes. But they do have, I mean, they have some height. They got a couple guys. They were uh, in the Luke, dome last year too, I think. Luke Knapp, uh, he uh, he's a six eleven guy. He can shoot threes, and um, he's one of the top three scores. Uh, another guy, uh, Nate Navigato, he's six eight. So those are two of their um, their leading rebounders, and um, they can definitely put up some points and, and uh, fill up the stat sheet. But the two guys that we have to worry about is Jalen Sanford 
and um, a transfer from Colorado, Trayson uh, Fletcher. Those guys, um, they let up the scoreboard. Uh, at Oakland, uh, they didn't shoot well. They actually shot a combined 1 of 12 from three-point land. Um, mm. But they both put up – they ended up going 18 for 39. And one of them, Sanford scored 26, Fletcher scored 20. And um, that's going to be their main guys. Uh, the next highest shot attempt guy was uh, Napke with 11. But those guys shot uh, 19 and 20 shots, respectively. So those are the two guys and their guards. Um, but they do know how to play a two three. They've played against two three zone. It's their coach thinks that they're they play best against zone. They're a three point shooting team, and they do have height to be able to you know um, to uh, to try to get rebounds out there, and then you get put you know compete for rebounds and get putbacks. So, like you said, this is a team where if we come out and we <laughs> don't shoot very well, and these guys come out and, and yeah. shoot the threes, then. Um, Got to capitalize on the stuff around the rim. Big oh, we de- well, we definitely have to do that. We have to. I mean, this is going to be probably the tallest team that we've played to date, probably the best team as well. Um, and, again, like I said, hopefully if if it stays par for the course, then we can stay out on the three-point shooters and try to force them to do stuff Just and push do damage back. down low. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that right. Napke, he's like their star player, I guess, right? When you yeah, he, well, he's one of them. I mean, you got the two guards. He's averaging twelve points a game and nine rebounds a game, which is it's pretty good. He's, yeah, he's no, a big yeah, dude he's too. definitely got. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Sanford's averaging uh, twenty three points a game. Treshawn Fletcher is averaging twenty points a game. So as far as scoring goes, it's those two guards. As far as rebounds and guys like down uh, near the rim, it's that Napke and uh, and Navigato. Navigato doesn't score that much, but he posted the last they're the most minutes against Oakland and he does rebound so he's a six eight body um but yeah I mean if we come if our defense comes to play um then I, I mean they're not that deep uh so I don't I don't see a, a reason why we can't uh take away the, the three-point shot and also you know try to force them to, to drive again like I said it, it's the defense is better just because of the personnel personnel they don't even have to be overall better basketball players it's just the length alone may, creates problems for this defense alone like you know what i mean like you can't teach length and length automatically makes you a little bit better in the zone yeah so, like we like we mentioned just pushing them out and forcing longer shots behind the arc oh yeah and um you know maybe they did they obviously there's there's no way they got that with with Oakland scoring 87 points on Oakland, not a very large, not a very big team, <clears throat> Oakland, but good shooters on that team though. Yeah. Good shooters on that team. They're not as big. And, um, but I mean, they also did allow Oakland to score 74 points too. Right. And we yeah, held them in the forties. So I think it was even I mean, 50, right? What's that? Or yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. 50. Yep. So, I mean, that's gotta be a little bit that, that to me is the number as far as letting me know that, right. If, right. As long as we can 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 come out and we can score, and it, I mean, it just doesn't seem to me like Toledo's defense is top notch. Let's just put it that way. Okay. But also, <laughs> it's you know they didn't shoot good and they still put up eighty seven points. Yeah, that's really know? impressive. That's, so that's what's scary about it. Right. So, so uh, and then the, the other thing that worries me is that Sadibi uh, with this this tournament, this round robin, we've had a game every other every day, other day yeah. or every two days. You know, so. Um, and the Sidibe, he's got a sore knee and, uh, he is, um, 
I mean, I'm not going to say go as far as saying that he's not going to play, but I mean, if you notice last night, I mean, Chukwu, I mean, he was out there because he was playing good, but he was also out there because Sadibi was banged up. And I don't think the two days is going to be good enough to allow him to come in and play, you know, many meaningful minutes. He'll come in and, and he'll burn Chukwu. But uh, at the end of the day, um, that's another kind of um, worry for me. Uh, yeah, fact. Coach mentioned that. I heard that in, in uh, post game. So, you know, hopefully a day and a half off. The game against um, Toledo is tomorrow at 7 o'clock, ESPN, watch, uh, watch ESPN app. Um, any final thoughts, Joe? Anything? Yeah. Basketball's back. Basketball's so. back. We will be back. Also, uh, at, probably after t- the Toledo game, uh, maybe after the Toledo and the Boston College Boston game. Boston College game. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. just have to, we'll just have to see. If we're feeling froggy, we'll just, we'll just do a quick take on Toledo. And, um, you know, happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. Appreciate you listening. Go to Facebook and thumb us up on there, facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.